If you have your Bibles, open them up to Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. If you have the message outline, we're going to be through a lot of passages of Scripture. You can see. You can kind of find those if you'd like to help you to get through those uh, so we don't have to wait real long to get to those. But uh, the next couple of weeks, we're going to just have one-off messages. No message. You're going to have to deal with the other, you know. It's not a series. We'll start a series in a couple of weeks or so. Uh, but today, t- I mean, tomorrow rather, not today, tomorrow is Memorial Day. And on Memorial Day, what are you supposed to do? Remember, good, we're supposed to remember. Some of you are awake. I think one or two of you on this side's awake over here. Remember, God has blessed each one of you with the memory, right? Some of you might say, well, I don't know about that. Your memory gives you the ability to remember things that have happened to you, things you've heard, read, or seen, right? To remember those things. And from those memories can bring deep emotions many times in our lives. And it can change your attitude from happy to sad or sad to happy in a moment, right? In a moment, it can change you real quick. Sometimes you want to erase some of those memories because they're so painful. They hurt every time you think of them. So I just want them out of my life. But some of those memories that we have are filled with great times. We want to go back to those memories all the time and remember those, right? Because they bring a smile on our face and joy to our hearts. Originally, Memorial Day was instituted to remember those who died during the Civil War. It's a time to remember. We are to remember. But sometimes, let's be honest, we have a hard time remembering, don't we? Sometimes we forget things, and, and we're quite forgetful about things. And when is your worst time of forgetfulness, you could say? Maybe when you parked your car someplace, and you went to a mall or some big parking lot, you went out and said, where's my car? And you forgot. You ever have that, where you forget where your car is, where you parked it? Or you get in the car, and you say, where's the keys? What did they do with my keys? And where's my keys? I can't find my keys. Or maybe it's your wallet. What did they do with my wallet or something like that? Or, or maybe it's your cell phone. I can't find my cell phone. Did I put it over here? Did I put it over? Or maybe it's just the eyeglasses. I put down my eyeglasses. I cannot find them. How many of you had that? You don't have to be that old to have those problems, right? I have a friend that was in an awards banquet many, many years ago. And he was only in his 30s. So I want you to get the age down. And uh, <clears throat> his best friend, his childhood friend that he grew up with, that he's known all of his life, that he was to receive this great award. And they asked him that he would introduce his best friend with this award. And, and so they got up on stage together, and he's saying some things about him. When it came to introduce his best friend, his lifelong friend, he could not remember his name. Can you imagine that? Being up in front of the crowd, and he's talking about, this is my best friend. Oh, there's no one like him. And then the time to introduce him, he could not remember his name. That would be pretty bad, right? To forget someone's name. But we do that. We do that. So it always reminded me, anytime I get up and I have to introduce people, I always write down their name, no matter how well I know them, because my friend shared that with me. Paul said in Philippians chapter 1, verse 3, you have that verse, just a short verse. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. I thank my God every time I remember you. He thanked God every time he remembered the church of Philippi. Think about that. Every time I remember you, I thank God. It just brings joy to my heart what he's saying. I thank God for you, for the joy and all that you're doing. This morning, if you have your outline, I want to give you three things to remember this morning come Memorial Day. Because what does you remember on Memorial Day? We just let it pass us without remembering. We need to remember. Three things to remember. First is remember the military, right? Remember the military. Memorial Day is also called Decoration Day. Um, many people go to the grave sites of the loved one and they decorate as a sign that they haven't forgotten them. That's what a sign is. That's why you go decorate. Sign never forgotten you. I still remember you. And, and remember those that gave their life for you to give you the freedom that you have in this country, that we have the freedom today to meet here in church and to worship. That's freedom. Freedom to drive your car, own your house. That's freedom that we have in this country. Wherever soldiers are and went and fought, 
They fought for your freedom. It was your freedom. You can't say it was for someone else. It was for you. They fought for you, right? It's a time to remember all that was given for you, all that we have of that freedom today, all that was sacrificed for you. So you and I can have the freedom that we enjoy in this country each and every day. We experience that freedom every day, and sometimes we take it for granted, but it came at a price, came at a cost. I've read that an average day about 750 people visit the USS Arizona and Hawaii. They said a Memorial Day weekend, about 4,600 people will visit that memorial on Memorial Day. Uh, and on an average day, 3,000 people will visit the Vietnam War Memorial. They said a Memorial Day, about 7,600 people will visit that. Our freedom was not cheap, but it costs people many lives. Many lives were given for your freedom. There's estimates I, I read where there's over 1 million people, some say closer to 1.5 million people have given their lives since the Revolutionary War and the conception of our country. Think about that. One in one and a half million people lost their lives. Memorial Day, at its core, is about expressing gratitude for those who have fallen in service of our country. After the deaths of thousands of soldiers during the Civil War, our country's leaders came together and said, we need to institute this day as a remember in sadness and gratitude for the, for the lives that were lost during this time. And so as you remember this day, be thankful. And show true gratitude. Uh, this day is a day to pay tribute. Remember all those that have served and given their all for this country and for you. Remember those. That all that we have in this country did not come by just happening. It was a great sacrifice. And people gave their lives so you and I can have this. But also, we not only remember those that have served, but we also remember those that are serving and have served and still are living, right? We need to remember those that have served in the military and to put their lives on the line for you. The reason we have a military is to defend and protect our country, right? To defend and protect you and I each and every day. And praise God for that, that that's what it is. But that's the ultimate goal of the military, to serve and protect us, right? To, to keep us safe. Everyone that goes in the military, go in there to give their all so that you and I can have the freedom that we have. That's why they go in there and they're ready to give their all at any moment because they could be called wherever it may be. And men and women serving around the world, representing the United States of America, wherever they go, it's a symbol of freedom around the world, no matter how you feel about it. It's a symbol of freedom to people all around the world when they see our soldiers. To understand, that's freedom. They're fighting for freedom wherever they go. And be thankful for those brave men and women in the military that serve each and every day to provide safety and protection and freedom for you each and every day. And I would encourage you that if you see a military person in uniform, they'd go up to him and thank them for serving our country and thank them for protecting you each and every day and that you would commit to pray for them. Say, can I pray for you? Let me pray for you. And continue to pray for them. Okay, that's my challenge to you. <clears throat> the second thing we're to remember, the second person we're to remember is remember your loved ones. Remember your loved ones that have passed. It's a day to remember them, right? All those that have passed. Remember how special they were to you? Remember all the memories you shared with them. Grab hold of those pictures of the deceased loved ones and be thankful to God that the time that you had for them. Say, God, I thank you for that time that I had. And sometimes we forget the simplest things about our loved ones. Sometimes we forget the, the way they smiled, the way they laughed, or the way they walked. And sometimes uh, we forget the, the little quirky things that only you know about them, right? All of us have quirks. I mean, you may, oh, I don't, all of us have quirks that are kind of weird. We don't know what people know. We all have our quirks. But you know quirky things that they did that only you knew. It might have annoyed you, but you missed those things that they did, those little things that they did. And we want to remember our loved ones that have passed. 
and we want to remember them. But we also want to remember the loved ones that are alive. That we don't just want to focus on those that have passed, but remember the loved ones that are alive. And if you could turn your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3 through 5, if you have that. If you, it's right there on your outline too, if you have that, the passage we're going to be to, be at this morning. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3 through 5. Paul is talking to young Timothy, <clears throat> excuse me, and he says, I thank God, whom I serve, as my forefathers did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Verse 4. Recalling your tears, I long to see you, so that it may be filled with joy. I've been, re- been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. Paul remembered Timothy in several ways, the Bible tells us. He remembered Timothy's pain in life. He recalled his tears, and he also remembered the, this man was a man of faith in the Lord. He says, I remember your faith that you had in the Lord, in, in, in Jesus. And Timothy was important to Paul. Because he was important to Paul, Paul prayed for him. If someone's important to you, you pray for them, right? If they, if they mean anything to you, you pray for them. And he says, I remember, Timothy, your great heart for God, your joys and your struggle, and I'm praying for you. Because of that, because you're important to me, and I'm concerned about you, and I care for you, I pray for you. And he says, I pray for you. Remember your loved ones. Remember those. Remember them in, in the goodness of God to have them in your life. Don't take that for granted. They're in your life. Remember them. I mean, remember those that have passed. Remember those that are alive today. Don't take that for granted. Each and every day is special. And thank God for them that they're in your life. But thank God for those in your life that have strong faith. Remember to thank God for them, too, also. Those in your life that have strong faith. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7. It's not in your, in your outline, but let me share it with you. It says, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate them. Remember those who shared Jesus with you. Do you remember that person who shared Jesus with you and shared their faith? Or, Remember their faithfulness to God and their love towards you by sharing Christ with you? They wanted you to know the truth about Jesus, didn't they? They wanted to make sure you understood it. They cared enough about you to share Jesus with you, that Jesus is greater than all the riches of the world. They wanted you to make sure you understood that, that that person cared enough to share Christ with you. So they didn't hold the greatest treasures to themselves, but they were willing to share that treasure with you about who Jesus is and what he did for you. And so you could accept it. Remember that person. Thank God for that person that shared Jesus with you, that they were faithful to God to do that, to share with you. Anytime we're remembering, we're all supposed to remember those who preceded us in faith. The Bible calls those people the heroes of faith, that, that they say. And we remember their faith. Hebrew chapters 11 is the faith chapter. If you want to, talk, to read about faith, Hebrews chapter 11. But it's encourage us to remember the faith of those people that came before us their courageousness and how they lived. It's a call for us to take notice of the, just how they lived, how they lived by faith and followed God, and we remember that. True Bible faith is this, confident obedience to God's Word in spite of circumstances and consequences. Let me say that again. True Bible faith is this, confident obedience to God's Word in spite of circumstances and consequences we're to live for Him. And these people laughed at these great men and women that stepped out in faith to, to walk with God. But God was with them. He enabled them to succeed. And they glorified God with their great faith, didn't they? Is that what they did? And, and Hebrews chapter 11 tells us about that. The best way to grow in faith is to walk with the faithful, right? To get around those that are faithful to God and living for Jesus and look at their example and imitate them. Say, man, that's what I want. I want to live for Jesus like they do. And it just kind of rubs off on us and we want that. 
In, in, in each instance, in Hebrews chapter 11, when we look at that, you will find the same elements of faith that they had, each one of those, each one of those heroes of faith. God spoke to them through his word. He stirred them in different ways. They obeyed and walked by faith with God, and then God bore witness about that. You see that each and every instance of each one of those people, that happened. Each one of those things happened. And so we need to remember those who preceded us in faith. We need to remember them. And, not, and they weren't afraid to step out and walk with God by faith. Even though it might have cost them everything. We're to praise God for their example that we see of them walking with God by faith. And of course, the third person we're supposed to remember, we should all remember, is remember Jesus. Amen? If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 through 25. Paul is sharing what Jesus shared with his disciples at the Last Supper the night before he's crucified, and he's sharing with this. And many times before we take communion, we read this passage too. Uh, and it's appropriate to read it because we're going to be taking communion in just a few short moments. So Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 through 25, he says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed unto you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, who had given thanks, broke it, and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. That every time you and I take communion, we're to remember Jesus. We're to remember him with the elements that he gave his body and he shed his blood, right? Not sometimes, not once in a while. Every time we take communion, we're to remember Jesus. We're to think of him. That's what communion's all about. It's for you and I never to forget about Jesus. For us to remember, that's why we're supposed to take it. To remember Jesus, what he did for us. Remember the sacrifice. Remember how you have eternal life. Remember it's because Jesus sacrificed for you. That's how you have it. Not because you're good or anything like that. It's because of Jesus. It's only through faith in Jesus that you have a relationship with God the Father. It's only because Jesus. Remember what it cost. It cost him his very life. He gave his life so that you and I can have life, right? And not just any life. Abundant life, the Bible says. Eternal life is what he gave for us that we might have eternal life. Not just life in this earth, but eternal life beyond this earth is what he says. We hold the deepest gratitude for the hundreds of thousands of soldiers that have given their lives and paid the ultimate price defending our nation and providing the freedom that we have and protecting us, right? We, we do that. As we remember Jesus, let's also remember that Jesus gave the ultimate sacrifice too, too didn't he? But Jesus laid down his life to secure a freedom which transcends any earthly freedom. Because he gave us a freedom that's eternal. He gave us an eternal freedom. All the freedoms we have on this earth only last as long as we live this life, right? But the, the freedom that Jesus gives transcends this and goes on for eternity. It's an eternal freedom. So Jesus gave his life to gain a spiritual victory over sin, death, and Satan. And he defeated hell. Keep us from hell. Memorial Day is a chance for you and I to praise Jesus and honor him and for the price that he paid and the triumph he secured for you and I by defeating sin, Satan, and death. What he accomplished there at the cross and his resurrection is everything that you and I needed so you and I might have a relationship with God. And as you remember, all our fallen heroes that have given their lives in the country, that's what Memorial Day is about. Remember, all those who have given their all for you and I and all this day's significance that it means will also would honor Jesus. Remember his life. He wants us to remember his life too. That he gave his life for you and I so that you and I can have eternal life. So we can have a relationship with God. That's why he gave his life. He said, I came to give my life and pay the ultimate price 
And that life that we can know is through Jesus. So thank God that he gave us Jesus Christ. Thank God that you have a permanent relationship with God, right? You have a permanent relationship, not a temporary one that lasts through this life, but it lasts for all of eternity beyond this life. And it's all because of Jesus gave his life for you and all. All because of him. Thank God for his son, Jesus Christ. And if you were here today, sometimes I think I, I share the gospel each week and I say, how could somebody be there today that doesn't know Jesus? But there might be. There might be one of you that don't know Jesus. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, realize that God loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you. He loves you and he really wants to have that so much so that he sent his son Jesus from heaven to come to this earth to die on the cross for your sins, to pay your payment, to become your substitute upon the cross, that all your sins have been paid for by Jesus, past, present, and future. And now we have an opportunity to have a relationship with God the Father, opportunity for heaven, but we have to come to God his way, the way he's provided. And the way he provided is through his son Jesus, right? There's only one way and it's through Jesus. If you come and you, you say, I know I'm a sinner, and I know that Jesus, who he is, that he's the son of God, that he's God. And I know what he did, that he died on the cross for my sins. He was buried and raised on the third day. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus, believe in that. You trust him as your savior. You become a child of God and your sins are forgiven. You have hope in eternity to be with him. But it all has to come through Jesus. If you've never done that, please do that today. If you still have questions, come and see me after the service. And I'd love to talk to you about that. Now, after remembering... We all need to ask our question as the final point in your notes. How do you want to be remembered? Seriously, how do you want to be remembered? There's a question each one of us needs to ask. How will others remember me once I'm gone? How are your children and your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren going to remember you? Your brothers and sisters and all those that know your friends and all those people, how are they going to remember you? The great thing about, about it is the story is still being written about your life. You realize that? And you can change that story. It's not too late. You can change the story in your life. You can't say what's well, already been written. No, it's not. If you're alive, you can change the story. Have you ever watched a movie where you didn't like the ending, how it ended? They said, boy, I wish that one character could be portrayed a little differently. You can do that in your life. You still have an opportunity to do that. No matter where you are in your life, you can do that in your life. You can change course in your life. So you might be remembered in a positive manner. Instead of sometimes it's, man, I've really kind of messed things up. And people really look at me in a negative aspect. You can change that starting today and say, I'm going to change that course. And I want to be remembered in a positive manner. In a positive manner. Good things, right? If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. It kind of helps us to understand how to do that. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a, such a great cloud of witnesses... Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangle, tangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We talked about Hebrews chapter 11 and those men and women who walked by faith and lived and, and their testimonies and their life examples. And now you and I are called to follow their example. That's what Hebrews chapter 11 is about. Hebrews chapter 12 tells us how, how to do that. Gives us how to do that. And it says we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses who have persevered in their faith. People who have struggles just like us, people just like you and I, that we're not the first to struggle with problems and discouragement and failure in financial troubles, in difficulties. We're not the first ones to have doubts about things in our life and doubting God and doubting this. We're not the first to do that. They did that too. 
The Bible lets us know that others have run the race and have crossed the finish line. They've done it for us so we can see this is how you run the race. Their testimonies and spur us on. They're, they're encur- they're encourage us to run the race with God. That's what they're supposed to do. And that's when we read that, that's what it's supposed to do in our lives. Not just to read and say, that's great, look what they did. They were ordinary people who did extraordinary things, not because of they had this great faith, because they walked with God and God did extraordinary things through them. Extraordinary. People just like you and I. And that's what God wants to do. And so we need to be remembered. By, not, by being engaged with God and running the race for God, that's what we need to be remembered by. That I ran the race for God, and I lived for God, that's what we need to be remembered. And the first thing we need to do, the Bible says, we need to get prepared. And we need to get rid of anything that would encumber us in us running our race with God. Anything that would hinder us. Anything that would hold us back from following Jesus. And that may be a number of things. Might be your use of time. Might be some forms of entertainment. Might be certain relationships that I have with friends that every time I get around them, they take me away from Jesus, take me away from living from him. Then I might have to get rid of those things and stuff like that. Also, we need to avoid the sin which so easily entangles the Bible talks about. I remember years ago, when I was a kid, my parents, when I was a young kid, they, they moved out to this small farm. And, and when I was a kid, I used to love to run. And I would get out and run, and I'd run in the open field. And I remember there was a barbed wire fence there, and I hopped over the barbed wire fence. But on the other side of the barbed wire fence, somebody had rolled up some old barbed wire right there. And I stepped right in it and tangled around my pant leg. And I didn't know much about barbed wire, but I realized you have to take those barbs out of each, each of my pant leg. I did that, and I let it go, and I had it up like this. And when I let it go, it just started wounding around my, my jacket then. And I was trapped with this. And the more I moved, the more I was entangled in that. And I realized, as a very young kid, the only way to get out, I had to take each one of those barbs to untangle myself from that barbed wire. Otherwise, I was going to be entangled there. So I had to take each one of those off, those bars to be untangled. And that's what we're supposed to do in our life, the Bible says. The Bible tells us to throw off anything that would entangle us. The things that entangle us in life are sin. Sin is what entangles us. Sin might entangle us and impede us to, to walk the race with God, to run this race. Sin such as greed, pride, arrogance, lust, gossip, dishonesty, stealing, all these and others. And sometimes these are the sins that we look, oh, they're not a big deal, but they are. They are. There's so many other sins that we can do too. Can cause a believer in Jesus to just kind of drift a little off course, their spiritual course. Drift a little bit away from Jesus. And that's what happens. We need to untangle ourselves from all of these things. All those sins. We need to say, nope, I'm going with this one off. Going to get this off. Going to get this off. Of course, with God's help, yield them to the Holy Spirit. Allow him to help us with that. We need to untangle ourselves from any of those things that would hinder us from running the race with Jesus, right? And once we untangle ourselves from anything that would hinder us from running the race, once we do that, get all those things off us that, that hinders us, we need to be participate in the work of the ministry. We need to get involved and do the work of the ministry, right? We need to get involved and say, God, there's nothing to hinder me. Now I need to get involved. I need to stop making excuses. I got rid of all those things that are keeping me from serving you. I've got rid of all. Now I'm able to serve and, and live for you. And what we do, we start serving. We allow God to lead. We don't chart our course. God charts the course, right? All we're called is to follow him. Why he leads us wherever he wants to take us, right? That's what we're called to do, each and every one of us in our life. The secret of living a life that makes a difference is this. Listen to this. This is really important. Realize that it's not what you do for yourself that matters, but rather it's what you allow God to do for others through you. That's what matters. Let me say that again. The secret of making a difference in life is, is, is realize not what you do for yourself that matters, but it's rather what you allow God to do through you, through others, to, to, to do others through you. That's what it is. 
So you allow God to work through you to minister to others. That's what makes a difference in the world. That's what makes a lasting impact in other people's lives. That you allow God to work through you as you minister to others. And it makes a lasting impact in your own life. You say, I want to make a difference? Stop focusing on yourself and focus on others. Allow God to work through you to minister to them. That'll make a lasting impact in anyone's life. And that's what we're called to do. A songwriter, Steve Green, puts it this way. I don't know if you remember Steve Green many years ago. He wrote a song that said, Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light the way. May the footprints that we leave lead them to believe. And the lives we live inspire them to obey. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. As we look at our own lives, and not only to remember others, right? We're to remember others. Those who gave their lives for us, the military, those, our loved ones, and others' testimony. We remember all those. Remember Jesus, the faithful one who gave his life for us so that we can have eternal life. Jesus is our example. He's our hero. If you want a hero, Jesus is the hero of our lives. He's our hero. He finished a race, and now he's standing at the finish line. And he's encouraging us to run the race. Run it. I'm here. I'm here to encourage you. We should fix our eyes upon Jesus is what the Bible says. And not look at all the distractions and all the other options out there, but we get that Christocentric look. Jesus, I'm fixing my eyes upon you. I'm not going to walk with you. Because when we keep our eyes upon Jesus, we don't get entangled to all those things that we should not be entangled to. Right? We don't get involved in all those things. But we're fixing our eyes. We run the race he has set out for us, and we finish the race well, being faithful to him. And that's what this life is all about. That's the way we want to be remembered, right? Hopefully that's the way you want to be remembered, that people might remember you were faithful to Jesus, living for him, that others might find us faithful, living for Jesus. Amen? Is that the way we want to be remembered? As a follower of Jesus, there's no greater way to be remembered, that people could say they followed Jesus, that they were faithful to Jesus that others might find you faithful. What a, what a tribute that would be to your life. And it's not too late for any of us to have that kind of life. We can all do that to follow Jesus. And I thought today, this morning, let's start by fixing our eyes and hearts upon Jesus through communion. On a Memorial Day weekend, what a great time is to remember Jesus, right? That he died for us. That he gave his body and he shed his blood for who? Who did he shed his blood for? For us, for every one of you. Not just for all those other people for us, for you. Personally, he shed his blood for you. And so you and I, so we might have life. We might have not just life on this earth, but we might have abundant life, might have eternal life. And here's even the greater thing, not only just eternal life, but eternal life with him. That makes all the difference, right? Just think if I had eternal life, but it wasn't with him. No, eternal life with Jesus. That's what he's given us, to be with him forever and ever and ever. And this morning, what we do, we remember Jesus, all that it cost him. His death, his burial, and his resurrection. And we read 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 through 25. And Jesus said, whenever you take communion, whenever you take these elements, remember me. Remember, I gave my body and I shed my blood for you, for you. He just didn't do it for anyone. He did it for you personally. He did it for all of us, but he did it for you. But remember Jesus. So this morning, if you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, we invite you to partake. But that's who's this for. He's inviting us to come to his table to remember him, what he did, what he did. And so we have three tables set up. We're not going to pass the elements, but we're asking you after you, I pray that you come up and receive the elements and take them back to your seats. We're taking, take them all together. There's two cups, so make sure you take both cups, okay? Let's go to Lord in prayer.
Lord, we come and we praise you. We praise you, Jesus, is, is Lord, all of us have people in our lives to remember, but there's no one greater to remember than you, what you gave for us. For you gave the ultimate sacrifice. Other people have died for our freedom, but Lord, you died and gave us eternal freedom that far outlasts any other freedom there is. It lasts forever and ever and ever. We praise God because of that freedom you have provided. It secures me with a relationship with God, a permanent relationship with God the Father that can never change. It secures me a place in heaven. It secures me that I will be with Jesus and have eternal life. All these things and many more things that have secured for me, all because of that. So today, Lord, as we take this, I pray that each one of us would remember Jesus, that he gave his body and he shed his blood. Without the shedding of his blood, we could not have eternal life. We could not have forgiveness of sins. There would be no hope for eternity or anything. It's all because of Jesus. So Lord, through this time, may our sacrifices, we think and remember you. May it be sweetness to you, the aroma, just sweetness to you as we take communion, as you invited us to your table. That, Lord, we remember you and our hearts would be filled with joy and gladness because, Lord, that you gave your life for us, that you loved us that much that you gave your all, that you were willing to suffer and die and be tortured for us because you care so much and you love us so much that you didn't want heaven without us. You wanted us to be right there with you for eternity. You said, I want them, and I'm willing to pay the price. I'm willing to give my all for them because I love them so much. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for giving your body and shedding your blood for us so that we may have life with you. We praise you, Lord. As we take communion, may each and every one of us remember you, remember all that you gave, that ultimate sacrifice. Lord, and through this as we take this, we honor you, we love you, we praise you, and we worship you. And we remember your death, your burial, and your resurrection. And look for the moment, Lord, that one day you're coming back, coming back. We praise God for all these things. It's what communion represents to us, Lord, that we believe in Jesus. We believe in Jesus. And Lord, we ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive the elements.
Jesus when he was with his disciples in the upper room as he was passing the bread. He says, whenever you eat this bread, do this remembrance of me. He said the same way as he passed the cup. He says, this cup, this cup represents the new covenant, represents the shedding of blood and the forgiveness of sins. He says, whenever you take this cup, do this in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Lord, you come and we praise you. We praise you, Lord, that we have been invited to you to take the Lord's Supper, take communion, and commune with you, the fellowship with you, not only with brothers and sisters in Christ here, but we fellowship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, our Savior who died for us, that you've called us to do this, you want us to do this, that you like when we do this, it pleases you when we come and commune with you and fellowship with you through the Lord's table. We're so thankful for the opportunity, Lord. May we never take it lightly. May we all can always consider it a privilege and honor because it is. It's only for those who know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And so, Lord, we're so thankful for that, that we're able to take this knowing, Lord, as we take this, that we have a relationship with you. And as that song says, that you are forever mine, that I belong to you, and now you belong to me. And I'm attached to you forever and ever and ever for all of eternity that we will be with Jesus. And it's all because Jesus paid it all. It's all because he paid for my sin. It's all because of you, Jesus. Nothing for me, but you did it all. And so, Lord, we're so thankful to you what you've given to us. May our hearts and minds be filled with joy and excitement of the future you have in store, not only today, but the future we have in store. May you, Lord, we have the hope of eternity in our hearts and minds, no matter what we're going through, no matter how dire the situation or how great the situation, that what we have in store for us in heaven far exceeds anything, anything on this earth. The greatness that we have that you have in store for us, just to be with you in all your glory, our minds cannot handle that. Our minds can't even begin to grasp you and Lord, one day we will see you with new eyes, face to face with the new body. And Lord, we can't wait. But until then, Lord, we remember you and what you did and follow your example to live for you. We still thank you for the opportunity of the Lord's table reminds us of all these things. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We ask these things in that greatest name, the name of Jesus. Amen.